Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and greetings from sunny Jamaica. A wagwan to each and every single one of you. Hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> I, so I'm recording these episodes in batch, right? Um, usually I do, I do four or five episodes per week, uh, which is awesome. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy them, and um, it's lots of fun. But um, I'm, I'm doing my first batch here in Jamaica, and you guys probably couldn't tell in last, the last episode, yesterday's episode, but man, I just, I was sweating through that whole thing. It's so hot here and I forgot to turn the fan on. In, uh, in Jamaica, basically every house has a ceiling fan in every room and an air conditioner in every room. So they don't have like an air conditioner unit for the whole house. And it's not like one of those air conditioners that hangs outside the window. It's not like a window unit. It's the kind of air conditioner that you put up um, kind of where the ceiling and the wall meet. And I don't know exactly why, but they're these small units and, you know, they're meant to kind of cool off a room. So I got the fan going. It's helping a lot. And uh, hopefully I don't sweat through my shirt <laughs> this episode. It's just hilarious when, like, you know, it's one thing when you speak on a stage in front of people. There's lights on you. Adrenaline's running. And, you know, you might sweat. That That's pretty understandable. It's just It was just funny, like... I'm sitting here in my house all alone. My wife's out and, um, and I'm sweating, doing absolutely nothing, talking into a microphone with a couple acoustic foam panels beside me. So anyway, just, uh, just a little day in the life here of Sathya. Um, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, episode 117, Why is Relapse a Part of Recovery? I highly recommend you do so before you listen to today's episode. It's not necessary, but it will add some depth to your understanding of what we're going to go through. Um, today's episode is very simple. We're, we're talking about how Jesus was tempted in every single way. And it, it's really interesting, um, you know, when you dig into scripture, man, there's just, there's so, there's so much to every single, every single scripture you read. There is so, so, so much. And... This is one of those scriptures for me that I've like read through again and again and again and again and again because it has been really liberating as I've started to deeply comprehend some of the, I don't know, the, the nuances of this text. So we're going to talk about it a little bit today and sort of the implications that it has for you and I. I want to just start by saying that if Jesus was tempted and yet was sinless, then to be tempted is not sin. Maybe you need to think about that one for a minute. If Jesus was tempted, yet he was sinless, then to be tempted cannot be sin. So that means that when you are tempted to watch porn, when you're tempted to look at a woman lustfully, when maybe you're tempted to go further with your significant other than the relationship might merit. It's not sin. Having the temptation is not sin. Because if it was, then Jesus could not have been tempted. 
Yet if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that on multiple occasions he was tempted. Most notably, Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus is baptized. In Luke chapter 4, he is led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, where he is tempted. Now, it depends on how you read the scripture, but I personally read it that for 40 days, Jesus was tempted. After those 40 days were done, he was then tempted three more times. And it is those three temptations that we actually have written record of in uh, the book of Luke. Now, I'm not going to go into all of them, but the point here is that Jesus was tempted day one of his ministry. And and this is a very frequent occurrence in scripture. We, We see that when people start to step into their calling, when they start to step into their promises, often the very first thing they encounter is challenge. If you look at the Israelites when they enter the promised land, like this this area that they were contending for, for generations, it took them a really long time to get there. And you would think that because it took them so long, like they're finally there and like it's just going to be all daisies and roses. And yet the first thing they encounter are the walls of Jericho. So it just puts it in perspective a little bit that sometimes to to step into your calling, you actually have to hurdle the the biggest challenges. And that you may think when you finally enter those seasons of promise that everything's easy. It's not easy at all. In fact, the only way that you survive in your promised land is if you won the previous battles that got you there so that you have the strength, resource, skills, and authority necessary to win the battles in the promised land itself. Now that is a bonus. Okay, that's not the focus of today's episode, but it's worth noting. So here's Jesus in Luke 4. He is tempted and he resists the temptation. Now, let's actually dissect what it means for Jesus to be tempted because the devil basically says to him, here are the things I will give you. You can get authority and glory and your name will be above all the other names. He is in, he's trying to entice him with all the different things that man would typically cave into, or at least is more prone to caving into. Now, the reason this is a temptation is simply because the enemy has made it a temptation. It's not that Jesus has this gaping wound or this vulnerability that Satan is exposing. It's not those existences that make it a temptation. It is simply the enemy that says, hey, what if? Did God really say that? Hey, you know, why don't you just turn those stones into bread? It's it's the thought. It's the idea. Now, Jesus is exposed to the thought. We don't know that he entertains it. We don't know that he he thought about it. But um, everything that the scripture tells us indicates he didn't. In fact, it tells us that Jesus had a pretty quick response. And it was always anchored in the truth. He, he, he knew scripture. He, he quoted it regularly in his ministry and certainly in these experiences with the enemy. And so it goes to tell you that just because you had a temptation, if Jesus is tempted in every single way, but he's without sin, it it means that, that yes, the enemy presented an opportunity for him that is tempting. The opportunity for more authority, for for a a more glory, for whatever it might be. Jesus Jesus was tempted, but he said no, and he said no, and he said no. So Jesus is, is acknowledged as sinless, not because of the presence of a temptation, not because the enemy tried to entice him with something, but rather because of his response. 
Now, for you and I as imperfect humans, unfortunately, our responses are not always as immaculate. The enemy may present something that, that entices us a little bit and we entertain it. We think about it. We start to imagine it. And that is where things become sin. So I believe that Jesus was tempted in every way. One way or another, opportunities were presented to him. But he, he quickly said no. He quickly denied them. It, it, it was a very quick, um, yeah, thanks, thanks for the offer, Satan. But it's actually written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's, it's, this, I kind of, it's this kind of idea that Jesus is not threatened by temptation. It's not like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, there's all this authority that the devil's offering me. No, no, no. His discernment is high enough that he, he sees it for what it is, quickly says no, and moves on. This is the model for handling temptation. The goal in life is not to get to a place where we are never tempted. The goal in life is to get to a place where no matter what the temptation is, we quickly say no. There's a difference. There is a difference. Because see, the, the presence of a temptation does not mean anything. It is our response to it that indicates the state of affairs. So that, that is where we're the most guarded. That's where we have to be the most careful. Now, this isn't to say that, you know, shame on you. Like if you're, if you're entertaining temptations, then like you're a terrible person, you don't have this thing figured out, you need to repent, get it all together. What we're trying to do today is we're just trying to clarify that simply having the thought of, you know, I could, you know, what if I, that thought is nothing to be concerned about. But what you do with it, that's what really matters. And I want to encourage you, young man, old man, rich man, poor man, Whatever kind of guy you are, wherever you may be, I want to encourage you. Do not condemn yourself for your temptations and quickly say no. Remember, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if after Jesus' time in the wilderness, you know, Jesus comes out, he says, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe he got to me again. Like there he is. The, the enemy is tempting me with authority. I cannot believe I even entertained that thought. Can't believe I even let it like, why did I even respond to him? What a waste of time. Imagine Jesus doing that. Well, he could not do that because there is literally no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet we would justify that thinking pattern. We, we, would, we would almost applaud it like there's a, a godliness to it because you kind of slightly shamed yourself for having these temptations. But Jesus' model was very different. He said no to the temptation quickly and he moved on. How else can you respond to a temptation without succumbing to condemnation? It must be a quick turnaround, a quick response. That is the key. Now, what I want to encourage you with today is that even if you entertain the temptation, even if you take it on, even if it lingers in your head and you start imagining things and things get a little bit out of control, even then, there is still no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't condemn yourself. The best thing you can do is respond quickly. So rather than going through this, oh, woe is me, why did I do that again? I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 stop doing that. Instead, all you need to do is just simply say, okay, I'm going to get better in this area. I'm going to move on. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to learn and to grow. 
This is why I wanted you to listen to yesterday's episode because we talked about how there are both inner and outer relapses. And you may not have slips on the outside watching porn or masturbating or sleeping around and whatever else it might be. You may not have slips externally. But the question, of course, is then what's going on internally? Is that where, are things clean there? Is that, are, is that where the freedom really is? Because anybody can white knuckle it and not watch porn for a while. It doesn't mean they're free. We're always looking at the inside. The same way that Jesus was tempted and yet he did not give in. There, there was something going on internally and yet externally he was clean and internally his response was the same. It, they were aligned. So for me personally, I, um, I am still not great internally. I, I'm eons above what I used to be. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I do pretty good. And I, I have a lot of um, little just patterns and little kind of, I don't know, tactics in place that keep my thought life pretty clean. But I'm very visual. I'm very imaginative. And I still have to guard against that from time to time. So I, it's not perfectly aligned. But I'm not going to watch porn ever again. It's been five and a half years. And I think it's safe to say that I'm, I'm good to go there, barring any unforeseen circumstances. My MO now is to, is to get clean on the inside so that even my response to an attractive person, to a tempting thought or idea, all of these things, my response is completely aligned as well. That's the goal. It's, it's that my, my motives, my thinking patterns, my visualizations, the things that I speak and, and the things that I think, all of them are, are godly in nature. They, they are prompt no's to the things that tempt us, to the sin that easily entangles. We quickly say no and we move on so that we can fulfill the things that God has actually called us to accomplish. That's the goal here. That's what we're really after. Now, interestingly enough, because I, I, I think you could look at the, the scripture in Luke 4 and say, okay, yeah, I, I see kind of what you're saying here, Cynthia. Like, sure, he was tempted, um, you know, for authority and glory and whatever else. But there's no scripture that says Jesus was tempted to, well, porn wasn't really a thing then, but, you know, to engage in some sort of sexual misbehavior or lust or whatever else. Now, for starters, just so you know, if you teach on something, it's because you've experienced it at least to some degree. So remember, Jesus was the one who talked about lust. He didn't just talk about it because he read about it in the Bible or some other ancient text. He likely experienced that temptation to look at somebody lustfully in his heart. Yet he resisted it. Now, this is the only reason he could even talk about it, right? In Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, where he's just, he's, he's kind of setting the record straight. Like, if you've looked at a woman uh, lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Jesus is drawing a distinction because before, of course, the, the old covenant was very behaviorally focused. And they thought, well, at least I'm not sleeping around. At least I'm not doing X, Y, Z. That should mean it's okay for me to get away with a little bit here in the heart. And Jesus was just setting the record straight. No, it's not. Now, Jesus knew about this likely because he had to work through this himself. As in, when I say work through this, I don't mean the same way you and I work through things and that we progress. What I mean is that Jesus had to learn at a young age. Like, Jesus was a man. He had all the same hormones and biological functions that you and I have. That means as a young man, he would have had to learn, okay, when somebody attractive comes along, this is the godly response. This is what I do. 
So Jesus was aware of it. You, I mean, if you think he was in his early 30s and he had never experienced any kind of sexual desire, you're out of your mind. It's just that he was able to manage it in a godly way. Now, more importantly, there's a scripture, and this is kind of the, the premise of t- the title of today's episode, uh, which is Hebrews chapter 4. And in my Bible, you know, this little segment, uh, verse 14 to 16, is titled Our Compassionate High Priest. And let me read this to you. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And this is where I want to conclude today. You know, you might listen to this and say, okay, Sathya, that's great. Like, thanks for the exegesis. I mean, hardly an exegesis. But, you know, thanks for exploring scripture. Thanks for, you know, giving us a bit of context. We get it. Jesus was perfect. And here's why. And here are the things that I should be doing. But, Sathya, like, I'm, I'm struggling here. Like, I am the one who is tempted and also with sin. First of all, let me just say it. I've been there. I know it's difficult. I know how hard it can be. I, I, I totally get it. Verse 16 offers us everything we need to get started. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mercy is the thing that pardons us from the consequence of sin. Mercy is the thing that says, look, for what you've done, the wages of sin are death. That's mercy. Pardon me, that, that's, that's the consequence. But mercy says you don't have to take on that consequence. You don't, you don't actually have to be killed for your sin because of the shed blood of Jesus. But secondly, we find grace. Grace is not pardoning. Okay, that's commonly said. Like people say, oh yeah, there's grace for that. No, 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 no. There's mercy for that. There's mercy for your shortcomings. But grace is, is divine empowerment. Grace is is the ability to live according to the standards of Jesus. That's why it says to find grace to help in time of need. It's not not help in time of need that says, hey, it's okay, you're pardoned of your sins, don't worry about it. No, it's grace to say, look, in your time of need, even when you're tempted, even in your weak places, as the scripture alluded to, there's grace, there's divine empowerment to meet the godly standard. It is possible. And if you, if you actually practice some of the things that we teach here in this podcast and you apply these principles, it's not only possible, it actually starts to become probable. So I want to encourage you in your struggle, in your, weakness time, uh, in your weak times rather, whatever it might be, just understand there's both mercy and grace available for you. And the only thing that you need to do is to boldly approach the throne. Boldly approach the throne of grace. So I want to encourage you. That's where all recovery starts. It starts by boldly approaching it. Now, it's interestingly, it doesn't say sheepishly approach the throne of grace. It doesn't just say come to the throne of grace. It says come boldly. So there's a reason. It's telling you that there's actually a a boldness that you can enter this thing with. We're often taught that, you know, because I made my mistake, I'm supposed to be kind of ashamed about it and, and sheepish and quiet and woe is me. Yet this is saying us, Sorry, this is saying to us that if you've sinned in your weakness, in your shortcomings and everything else, boldly approach the throne of grace, knowing that you belong there, not because of anything you've done, but because Jesus has afforded you a place 
around the throne of grace where you can obtain mercy and grace to help in your time of need. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that this helped you today. Uh, as always, if you have questions, if you maybe uh, were looking for something else and I didn't quite cover it, but I sort of started towards it, whatever it might be, you can reach out to me. And in the meantime, I do ask for something in favor. You know, if, if, you're, if you're getting uh, some content or some value rather out of this content, if you're finding this is useful for your journey, one thing you can do in return is you can leave a rating or a review in your platform. That just means the world to me. I love reading the reviews. They help me a lot. Um, but furthermore, it helps us get the message out. It lets people know that when they hear about this podcast and they go to check it out, okay, there's some people who have left a review. Oh, here's what you know Johnny from England had to say about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, this looks legit. I think I'll check it out. That would mean the world to me. But if not, not a problem. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.